so good evening ladies and gentlemen i am sankalpo and i represent uh, business development at pmsif world and uh, we are uh, you know all things alternate we have been uh, doing a lot of good work here with uh, our friends at mk and in accordance and in that uh, you know uh, realization of uh, helping the investors make choice and uh, help them connect with the top wealth managers of the country we have a very special guest today mr bharat parik and a very intuitive topic we are calling it the five p's of wealth management and all these five p's are very important uh, they comprise of portfolio proportion personalization performance and patience so at different points in time in our uh, investment journey or an investment life we would have been questioned or answered questions on these five p's and we thought we'll take them head on with uh, today so let me just give you a little bit uh, of introduction to everybody on today's call so i'll start with bharat so bharat has uh, almost a decade of experience in the financial markets uh, he specializes in various domains across uh, you know fund management from corporate treasury to you know proprietary trading uh, to fund management and even dealing so just discussing how you know this uh, illustrious his net dealing career was and he was associated with hdfc amc for 12 years as a dealer and fund manager post which he was uh, at reliance industries treasury for 5 years managing an overall book of 75000 crores that's a lot of money uh, and then his uh, brief stint was with dhfl for about one and a half years managing an investment book of close to 10000 crore and in his uh, latest role at icici securities private wealth management he heads uh, the product and segment teams that's bharat for you guys and our uh, you know the other hosts for today's call are vikas vikas and sachdeva he is the ceo at mk investment uh, managers and he is uh, also an industry veteran with a lot of experience across key roles uh, he he was the ceo of edelweiss asset management and he was involved in the successful turning around of uh, jp morgan's mutual fund business in india when it was taken over by edelweiss he he is a member of a, a lot of governing and self regulatory bodies like sebi and amfi uh, uh, he's been there for a very long time and worked with marquee organizations like enam uh, birla sun life and ing investment management and he has a lot of good insights to offer on today's also uh you know and he, i think he's the perfect host for today and accompanying him is uh, sachin shah fund manager at mk investment managers he uh, he is someone who's who is a keen observer of corporate governance growth and other such business parameters and which helped him develop his proprietary model called the ecol uh you know which we have uh, spoken about in a little bit of detail in a few other previous calls and i think we'll do it a little bit uh, on this call too and the other uh, you know invisible uh, <coughs> introduction that i have to make is for finlor academy who will be sponsoring uh, the prize for best question today so finlor is a one stop uh, you know center for learning anything in the financial markets from trading to you know investments they've got highly qualified trainers with decades of experience who can provide you the right guidance if you are looking at you know uh, navigating the market successfully and with those set of introductions vikas i think it's time i hand over to you uh, and you can take it ahead vikas aapki awaaz nahi aa rahi no we can't hear you
You're not audible, Vikas. Can I ask you to join in again? So, uh, you know, audience, Vikas will join in again. In the meanwhile, uh, you know, Bharat, let me just take the take advantage of the situation and just give give us your initial thoughts on the second wave and how the market is reacting, and just a primer for investors till the time Vikas joins. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks uh, for having me here, uh, Vikas and Sanjay. Uh, see, uh, uh, in terms of the current market situation, it's like you know, in in the life of an investment and in an investment journey, there will be a number of events like this, right? Some are large, some will call us. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, Vikas, you can hear. Yeah, Vikas. Okay. You know, I think in the introduction, you should always mention one more thing that I carry a jinx as far as technology goes. Uh, invariably, uh, you prepare for everything, but there is one little human element which is because such there was jinx which I don't jinx which I don't think you can prepare for, and it happened again. But that also means that this is going to be a great uh, discussion, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Sankalpo, thank you so much for that introduction. As always, you know, because because very... I'll ask you to just hold on two minutes. Uh, we had asked Bharat what is his primer on uh, the current wave because we thought you might take some uh, time to join. So we'll we'll let Bharat complete that. Please, please, please. Yeah. So uh, I hope I am audible, and those things are not with me. Perfectly <laughs> <laughs> audible, sir. Yeah. Great. So, 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 uh, what I was mentioning is that see, in the entire journey of your investment, these kind of events will keep coming, right? Sometimes you will call it a small correction. Sometimes you will call it a correction. Sometimes you will call it a six sigma event, black swan event. All these things part and parcel of the life. It is. It is. I say in a journey of an investment, you have to take it for granted. It keep coming. Something which you will understand, something will come and hit you hard without your knowledge and without your understanding. Uh, Sometimes you will not be able to make a uh, uh, to what extent it can deteriorate your portfolio returns and can impact. Broadly, you have to just understand that this will happen. What are you really buying? What is really your portfolio construction? Is your portfolio is capable of taking these shocks in your portfolio uh, returns over a long period of time? As far as this particular second wave is concerned, I think broadly my take uh, in nutshell is that see this will also pass. It's a matter of time. I think uh, we we were we were much more prepared this time in terms of handling the situation at ground level. Uh, obviously, this wave is much larger in terms of the number impacted and overall. But I think now everybody entire machinery now understand how to uh, react to this how to handle the situation there will be some cases some part of the country where situation may be out of the control but it's just matter of time it's going to ultimately impact earning for maybe a quarter or two it's going to impact uh, the overall day to day life for few months but broadly whether it is 3 months or 6 months we will be back to normalcy and i think we have to first and foremost understand that we have to live with this virus this virus is not going anywhere right. So right. as we are prepared, I think uh, we should be out of this. Right. Thank you, Bharat. A lot of my audience has been, uh, you know, uh, teaching on the comments that uh, your voice is a little bit less audible. So uh, I think we can fix that. Maybe. Yeah, I will get closer. I think. I hope now it's better. Yeah. So Vikas, over to you, sir. Thank you. Uh, I hope you can hear me now. Am I yes. really audible right now? Yeah. Okay. Audible. Thank you so much. In fact, uh, the question you asked, Bharat, is is uh, is, is, a, is basically my opening statement. You know. Uh, when I ask people around in the industry and his colleagues, of course, uh, what do they think about Bharat Pari? So one of the things I came to know is that Bharat 
is actually somebody who knows everything about everything so you can ask him probably any topic under the sun and chances are bharat will know about it in fact uh, one person actually said you should have put another p the sixth p which is called parikopedia okay so that is how knowledgeable our guest today is and bharat thank you so much for taking time out and coming in today uh, i'm i'm going to straight away dive into the topic uh, you know basically if you if you see the way uh, the audience has responded to today's discussion it is basically the five p's in wealth management portfolio proportion personalization performance and patience so i'm just going to start asking you a very basic question here you know you have the opportunity to interact with hundreds of investors on a regular basis and you get feedback from all your relationship managers and clients uh, you know in in probably a very unique way you are probably the best person to answer this question that is the ranking of these five p's the way i mentioned uh, different from the way you look at it as an investor uh, and you know as a corollary my question is how do you rank the five p's in terms of their importance to an investor's portfolio uh thank you vikas and i think I, that i heard a new word today uh, i i never uh, got that uh, name earlier but uh, thanks but uh, that's not the case i i think all of us are learners and our job is to just learn and i think every opportunity for us uh, whether you do it through books whether you do it by interacting with others the idea here is that every day is a day which is added to your book and it's a new piece is added to your knowledge so i think Absolutely. that's the way i look at uh, as far as this five uh, in the concept of portfolio proposition uh, portion personalization performance see all these are part and parcel you just can't rank It, it, see, investment ultimately is an art. Okay, whatever you say, you can use science, you can use lot of data, you can do lot of other stuff. But ultimately, investment and portfolio management is an art. The art of fine management of all these. If you just try to imbalance, or if you say that okay, this particular piece is not important, the entire equation will get derailed. So, just to give a very simple example, if you don't make a right Bharat, I'll I'll just like to cut you there. Everybody is still, uh, you know, saying that the voice is very low on their systems. So, uh, can we maybe, can we maybe, maybe uh, is this better if I just switch off my video? Uh, can you just speak something and then we will know? Yeah. Can you can you hear me now? Is it better? Uh, on the comments, please. Is this better? I think. I I think uh, you'll have to hold it a little bit closer. Yeah, I think we can let's let's give it a try, and then we'll again come back and see if it's not uh, working out. Um, so sorry, guys. Maybe you want to change my network. Just give me a second. Let me just just give me a second. I just change my Wi-Fi network. Hopefully that will work. Just give me a second. Don't sure, 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 sure. So in the meantime, till uh, Bharat comes back, uh, you know, uh, I never leave an opportunity to promote. Whenever I get a platform like this, I never leave an opportunity to promote our funds. And if I have a captive audience, sorry guys, but I'm just going to talk to you about uh, something which is unique to us. Uh, please do look up our website. It is about the Equal Framework, the NK Quality Framework. And the gentleman in the frame, Sachin Shah, who's sitting there, is the one who's created that. It's been rigorously tested over ten years on portfolios, and the proof of the pudding is in the eating. There has not been a single dodgy management which has come into our portfolios over the last ten years. 
Uh, in fact, uh, you know, this book was recently launched. There was a book launched on Equal by Mr. Gurcharan Das. Uh, I have put it up on my Twitter handle. Uh, it's on the MKA website. Please feel free to go through that, uh, and you know, please do send us your feedback. I personally believe, after having spoken to a lot of people, that it is probably the finest uh, nuance of governance in ESG that I have come across in a long, long time. Uh, but please have a look at it and please come back to us. Uh, I think I thought I'll just uh, bring that up. So I think that's a that's a that's a very beautiful kind of a philosophy around the framework of equal, especially around how it throws up uh, you know corporate governance things. So uh, Sachin, you are the one that's made it, and if you want to you know take this time out and you know uh, in the meanwhile we get Bharat back, maybe I'll just give him a call and you know we can talk a little bit about it because I think that is p uh, the portfolio part is very important for us. Oh, we've got Bharat back. I think we got Bharat back. Yeah, let's continue. With let's continue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah hope uh, I'm audible now, guys. Is yes. It yes, it's better. At least it's I better. can hear you a little better. Yeah. Let's continue, sir. Yeah. I'm please. so sorry for this network. Uh, so, so I, I was just talking about the five P's, right? Uh, so ultimately, uh, you just can't change. It's ultimately investment is an art. Uh, you have to have a fine balance of all these five P's. If you create, example, uh, uh, you create a portfolio, but you are not uh, cognizant of the proportion, whether it is a diversification, portfolio, whether it is an allocation, that can't be a right portfolio. If you don't have a patience, you will actually will make a lot of mistakes in terms of managing the portfolio and the journey of investment. Uh, if you don't take the performance, you will obviously will not be able to rebalance your portfolio and keep your portfolio intact. So I, I, it's very difficult for me to uh, uh, to give a ranking to these five P's. The way I read it is that these are important pillar of your investment journey. And in terms of the way I look at it, is the five important dots of your painting, which is the art of investment. And if you don't have these five dots at right places and connect well. Your, your painting will be not something which you will like uh, maybe over a longer period of time. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So, uh, yeah, because... Yeah, please go ahead, Sanjay. Yeah. So, Bharat, I think you made a very valid point that all five P's are very important. So, let's try and evaluate each of these P's is what I was thinking. So, you know, in terms of wealth management, one of the very important things that we talk about is the asset allocation. And when we talk about asset allocation, it's essentially the portfolio construct that we'd like to do. So uh, how how would you like to go? I mean, how generally do you approach that? And, uh, you know, when you when you talk about asset allocation, is it only equities, uh, real estate, or are there some other assets also that you generally would look at? And how does that asset allocation as a process work with every, you know, at a, at a, at a wealth management platform? Uh, great question, Sachin. I think I think it's a very very important part of any exercise to figure it out. How are you really going to create your portfolio? Uh, the the entire concept of portfolio creation starts with a goal. Ultimately, what is the purpose of money? Okay, if you don't have a purpose in your life, you will never reach any place. Similarly, if you don't have a purpose of your portfolio, uh, it's very difficult for you to. Bharat, I think you right have to speak louder. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, uh, so, I am just talking about the 
I hope hope is better now. I can I can hear it uh, well and good, but the audience has some difficulties hearing it. Uh, hopefully now I'm better. I I've just switched off my video as well. I hopefully that will reduce some bandwidth. Yeah, I. Yeah, please. But I don't think it has. I don't think it has got to do with bandwidth. You can just switch on your camera and speak a little loudly. Yeah, I think it's got to do a little with background noise. So you may just want to speak up a little loudly. Okay. Uh, great. So, so, uh, so in terms of portfolio construction, guys, uh, it is very important that uh, you you start with the purpose, right? Ultimately, if you don't make anything without a purpose, you will not meet anyone. Uh, even if you get uh, diverted on your path, if you know where is your goal, you can always make a course correction and reach back to your goal. So it is very important to start with the goal. To know what is the purpose of this money? Why are you having this wealth? How are you accumulating this wealth? In what period? How long you are going to accumulate this? Ultimately, how are you going to preserve it and then maybe ultimately pass it on to generation or the next generation? So ultimately, the wealth is all about first preservation. Construction and then ultimately distribution. So in terms of portfolio construction, when I whenever we we look at any portfolio and we try to create a portfolio, I, I follow a very defined process. Ultimately, it's a process-driven investment, and which is the only part of you can say a science or something a structure which in terms of painting your investment journey is that you first decide what proportion you want to have in preservation. Core allocation and alpha generation, and the way I call it as a PCA framework. It is that ultimately you need to know what kind of risk you want to take, what kind of return you want to generate, and for achieving that risk return or risk adjusted return, what kind of asset allocation you want to do. Everybody, see, most important, even peace of mind is a wealth. If you can achieve peace of mind by doing a right PCA framework. That will also add in terms of making sure that you will be patient. So the patience will come in because you know what you have done, what kind of asset allocation you are holding. You know what kind of volatility will come in your portfolio. Once you understand the portfolio, it will also give you the peace of mind, which will also help you stand tall in an adverse market like hey, what we have seen last year. Now you know that my portfolio has an X amount of risk. You know that I have taken a risk on X amount of money. I know I can lose 30, 40% of my capital, but I know that overall long period of time I'll be able to average it out. And hence, you will be able to not take a harsh decision or taking losses. See, ultimately, when I lose money, it is not whether I am going to cut the loss or I am going to average it out. It will be your mindset and your mental state will decide whether you are going to buy or sell. At the same bottom of the market, there is a somebody selling and somebody is buying. Everybody has a bias or loss aversion bias, right? If there is a loss, everybody, anybody will get panic when he sees losses. It is your mental state which decides whether you are going to average it out or you sell it. And that discipline, that patience comes when you have a right product and right portfolio construction to a PCA framework. It means that you have put in a right amount of money which is going to be preserved. There is a right kind of allocation to your core allocation, and there is a amount of capital which you are putting for a alpha generation. So when you put this entire portfolio into a PCA framework, you understand what are risk, what are rewards, what are risk-adjusted return, and then ultimately you will have a portfolio construction which will survive all the adversity and all the volatility of the market. Okay. So that 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 was very that was very well laid out, Bharat. 
but you know in the indian context uh, we talk about equities we talk about debt uh, to some extent maybe real estate are there any other i mean what which are all the asset classes that you would consider for in the indian context see in indian context unfortunately i think uh, we we lack diversification in our portfolio construction and which is the my common observation at lot of places that when we see any uh, clients portfolio mostly either they are not well well diversified when i say diversification doesn't mean the number of streams or number of portfolio see ultimately there are so many avenues available okay typical indian typical any typical indian will have a one real estate which is i don't consider as a wealth but it is a part of a consumption story but they normally over exposed to real estate so anybody who who goes up the ladder in terms of his wealth uh, normally ended up having a much larger allocation to real estate directly he consciously subconsciously unwillingly willingly or with because of his parents or his past experience is normally over exposed to real estate when it comes to financial savings and that's where i do we spend lot of time in terms of analyzing the portfolio very simple uh, you know observation saying sir you are already too exposed to real estate don't come to me for even more real estate so that's a one normal observation which i give in terms of financial uh, i think uh, we only look at debt and equity as two asset class in india which is i think is unfair uh, there are much more means to generate uh, uh, with a higher risk adjusted return uh, you need to consider commodities as a inter- uh, very very important part of your portfolio you need to consider uh, global investments as a part of your portfolio you need to diversify your equity risk uh, when you take a india equity risk you are not taking only equity risk you are taking a currency risk you are taking a country risk and you are also taking the equity risk of the place so it's not only one risk when you take a particular asset class you take multiple risk are you diversifying or are you doing a you know complete risk adjustment or what you call the risk assessment of your portfolio with all the possible risk associated including the correlation risk so all those things have to be factored in so in our scheme of things i think uh, a diversification of equity a right allocation when you look at fixed income the fixed income portfolio should not be considered as what kind of return i am going to generate ultimately fixed income portfolio should be able to generate a return higher than inflation or what we call it is that ultimately has to preserve the value if your fixed income portfolio is not preserving the value how are you going to really make a difference in portfolio ultimately you are losing your capital so it is important when you create those portfolios and do the asset allocation if somebody tells me today bharat i want to preserve my portfolio and i am going to keep my money at 4% for next 10 years i'm saying you are take away going to cut your capital forget it forget you are not preserving you are destroying your capital because if i'm going to keep my money at 4% post tax return for 20 then ultimately i'm not going there's a very low probability that i'm going to beat inflation and generate any meaningful wealth for over a long period of time i will be lucky even if i'm just able to maintain the value of my wealth so so it is very important what kind of product you select what kind of asset allocation you do what kind of portfolio construction you do whether you are taking a right allocation between there equity commodity international i think real estate you already have there are alternative investment so so the product basket is vast it is your ability to really understand the risk taking capability which you have what kind of assets you can live with see i tell you investment should be as simple as it possible lower is the complexity of 
इंस्ट्रूमेंट बेटर इट इज बिकॉज माई सिंपल फिलोसफी इज दैट इफ यू आर रनिंग अ पोर्टफोलियो फर्स्ट एंड फॉरमोस्ट द कस्टमर और द क्लाइंट और इंडिविजुअल शुड बी कंफर्टेबल विद द पोर्टफोलियो क्रिएट अ पोर्टफोलियो एंड इफ यू आर नॉट कंफर्टेबल विद पोर्टफोलियो आइदर बिकॉज ऑफ द कॉम्प्लेक्सिटी ऑफ द पोर्टफोलियो और आइदर बिकॉज ऑफ द एक्सेस पोर्टफोलियो अलोकेशन टू पर्टिकुलर एसेट यू विल क्रिएट लॉट ऑफ एंगजाइटी एंड दैट एंगजाइटी विल अल्टीमेटली रिजल्ट इन द डिस्ट्रक्शन ऑफ योर वेल्थ I use the word discussion every time because I know that anything goes wrong in your quiet vision is ultimately going to hit you only on one day. The day, the day you will throw your towel and that will be the bottom of the market. And that's a typical behavior because you have not done a right asset allocation and you are not having peaceful investment. Ultimately, you should be able to sleep in the night with that portfolio. Right, right. Thanks, thanks, brother. That was really helpful. Thanks. because we can't hear you yeah sorry what i try to do is increase the the the, the volume for bharat by putting myself on mute maybe you know i think when bharat is talking to me or bharat is talking to you either of us can just keep a phone uh, the speakers on mute just to see whether it works uh yeah i think it is working now uh i think i can, uh, the, the the static has gone down uh so uh, sankalp i think you know you've just run a poll uh if you explain about the poll it is probably a good uh, leader to my next question on right, personalization right. i think it's a very interesting poll which you and i would want you to talk about that right right so the question that we asked to our audience today bharat is uh, i feel my advisor has personalized my portfolio okay so 56% say yes uh, they feel so and uh, the uh, and 42% of the audience says that they don't feel so so that's still a higher number to have you know if 40% don't feel that it's personalized to them so yeah because over to you you know why i am very happy with the answer to this thing is because i always feel that an advisor's uh, job is like a wicketkeeper's job you know as long as you keep holding the balls behind the stumps and you know you stump out and you run out so what it's your job you know you're not doing anything great but you miss one run out one stumping and you know the whole fate of the match then is pegged on to the wicketkeeper saying we lost the match because of you hardly any appreciation comes in for an advisor's job so 60% of the people are now saying that my advisor is personalized my portfolio i am very happy to see that uh, but my question is actually a little intuitively against this question i mean i'm just trying to understand because you know uh, investors needs are at different ends of the spectrum i'm talking about now personalization you know how much can you personalize an investor's portfolio you know uh, does it mean that hni investor portfolios are highly personalized or have to be highly personalized or are there some core needs of certain groups of investors which form bulk of the recommendations of an investor and personalization is a small proportion of those recommendations what about you i hope i am audible now yeah great your order uh, please go ahead yeah great uh, so uh, uh, so because i i think it's it's just uh, i can only use the word impossible to have a portfolio construction if you have not personalized it if somebody says that i have a portfolio but it is not personalized means it's not a portfolio first of all a portfolio as i mentioned at the beginning ultimately why do you have an investment you have an investment for a purpose if you have not personalized your portfolio means that first of all you have not defined your purpose you have not defined why you want money and you don't even know what use of this money and hence what you have done is you have randomly picked assets at random point of time and created a portfolio 
पोर्टफोलियो कैन बी हाईली पर्सनलाइज और मे बी आर नॉट हाईली पर्सनलाइज बट स्टेट फॉरवर्ड स्टेट जैकेटेड so somebody says that i am running a 35 65 percent portfolio or a 40 60 portfolio or a 60 40 portfolio i hope that the guy has done the basic math that why he is running 60 40 or a 40 60 and whether it is going to ultimately result into a portfolio value which is what he desire so i personally believe that a portfolio has to be always personalized it that's why i said in the five p's if you are not having the fifth p of a personalization actually you are not having a portfolio which is of arment and you have to personalize the portfolio now there are simple guys with simple money and a simple purpose in life may not have a highly personalized portfolio very simple guys i boss yaar i want a regular income down the line give me a portfolio which will just make sure that i don't lose the money i make 10 12% irr and maybe down the line as i go older it should even earn me say 6 to 8% return i am happy and i get a regular income monthly i think that's a purpose and then if you create a portfolio just to meet this basic requirement it's a personalized portfolio so if you don't as simple as a construction of a portfolio for no purpose is also a personalization because ultimately he knows what is the money whether it is going to use for his retirement whether it is going to be used for a consumption whatever it is so i don't believe that a portfolio can be constructed without personalization i think that's very interesting very very interesting which actually while you were talking about this you uh, took me back to an anecdote very early in my career i learned you know uh, when when you start off your career you usually start to think about things in terms of cookie cutter you know one size fits all and all of that and very early in my career uh, when i was a bigla mutual fund i remember having speaking to this uh, 70 year old ultra hni uh, i was quite wet behind the years then You know, but I still had the temerity to go and tell the guy that this should be your asset allocation. You have too much of money in equity. You know, ninety percent of your money is in equity. Why do you have so much money in equity? You should have some in this, some in that. He just told me one very simple thing. But the beta, your age is how much? I think I must have been around thirty-ish at that point of time. But the beta, your age is how much? Because I have been in the stock market for many years. I know my risk appetite. I know my this thing. I have enough money. to take care of my day to day needs i want to be in equity because i know that is a place to be you know it just took me back to that anecdote in fact uh, just as a follow up question i want to answer i think you why not answer that but you know uh, personalization largely depends on the needs desirability and rational choices available to any investors how do you manage to blend the three you know when you talk about personalization and what are the things that come along with the portfolio that any investor should be cognizant of you know what are the things you should be aware of sorry because uh, some disturbance like okay i'll just very quickly say that uh, uh, personalization depends on the needs desirability and and to some extent rational choices available you know you can't give me everything so how do you blend the three and what should an investor be aware of you know uh, in a portfolio when it is coming to him a portfolio recommendation that is coming to him Perfect, perfect. I, I, I. Uh, so that's a very good question, uh, Vikas, and I think it's very important. Ultimately, what you desire and what you can achieve may not be the same. There may be a vast difference between a desire and reasonable expectation, and a desire and an expectation which can be fulfilled. So it may be reasonable, it may be unreasonable desire also, or unreasonable expectation also. But a desire may be anything. so ultimately a customer decides to create a portfolio and say boss i have a desire to double my money every alternate year so that's a desire 
every time you go and discuss with a portfolio with a client or with a hni customer you will find that at every instance his thought process has changed interesting why he is changing because he is not able to understand that i want something more as you rightly said desire is different your willingness is different and your factual things may be different and if you don't put all those things together you will not be able to understand what you really want I, for whenever you go and talk to somebody and you get little friendly with me most of my time goes only in this interesting i don't spend time on portfolio because that's that's a only an outcome ultimately so you have to just find out what is the right balance he, he wants to have in his portfolio once you get that balance right i think the other things will be much easier not never nor he will come and ask me anything so uh, you know i'm going to ask you a question and it is since it's the cricketing season uh, i think if you can uh, apart from me and bharat if everybody else can just keep their uh, audio on mute Uh, I think last time we did it, the audio was much better. Uh, Sankalpo, Sachin, if you could just keep your audio on mute, I could hear Bharat much better that time. Yeah, yeah our audios are on mute, Vikas. Okay, wonderful. Okay, so suddenly I can hear him much better, uh, and I'm hoping the audience can also hear. So now, Bharat, I'm going to I'm going to now uh, talk to you something. So far, you've been umpiring. Now I'm going to be asking to third umpire. You know, I'm just making that sign. This is a question which comes to me. i am undecided into what what side to take it is basically on proportion see when i talk to some investors people say that uh, you know all along asset managers have been talking about diversification you know so the more the better you have more stocks in your portfolio more asset class in your portfolio it is better okay on the other hand there are equally savvy investors who espouse the virtues of concentration they say that in a market like india you know if you don't have a concentrated portfolio uh, you may not be able to generate the sort of alpha you can it could be basically in terms of asset classes or if it is an equity as an asset class maybe not more than 15 20 25 stocks in your portfolio and the the way they they talk about it is the risk is not in diversification risk does not get mitigated by diversification it gets mitigated by knowing what stocks you are investing in and frankly that is the reason i'm asking you to educate because both these have some merit Uh, at some end when you are looking at talking to your customer you know uh, how do you advise in terms of proportion is there some something you'd like to share with the audience here but we can't hear you that you are on mute yeah oh yeah uh, yeah yeah perfect yeah great okay. a great yeah. question vikas and you know it's a difficult question and i uh, appreciate and these are the question which really come forward when you really have a real deep discussion about any portfolio and 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 i say very simply because that anything in ati uh, i think you understand ati right anything in excess yes. is not good right so yes. uh, whatever you have even if you have amrit and if he is in excess it will not work so ultimately anything in ati will not work whether you have a highly concentrated portfolio or whether you are having a highly diversified portfolio either will not work so it has to be a fine balance of a diversification and the concentration see if you have a highly uh, fragmented portfolio it will not give you a desired return now the question comes is that 
what do you concentration what you mean by uh, diversification a diversification into multiple asset is a diversification a single portfolio into multiple stock is a diversification so when you look at diversification what are you looking at ultimately what you have to do is that are you spreading thin so first foremost in a portfolio construction is that what kind of assets you are holding fixed income equity debt uh, uh, you know uh, alternative investments gold uh, commodity real estate anything in excess portfolio is having 80% real estate sorry even if you're best of the world but you will be always you know will have tough time there will be a period when your net worth will go two three times because it's inherently come with a illiquidity by the time you want to decide to liquidate i think maybe it's half of it will be out because you will never liquidate on a rising market you will try to liquidate in a falling market and you will not find out it that's it so anything in ati will not work so what you have to do is a right allocation a right fine balance between diversification and a concentration see when it, when you look at say even warren buffet or anybody you know the great investors they always says that concentration you should have a concentrated concentration if you don't so if somebody go and buy a snp 500 and you say it's a great diversification i say it's a great diversification of stock but ultimately you are taking only one risk so it will be a concentrated risk to invest in a us market in a dollar denominated portfolio construction where you are highly diversified in terms of the underlying stock so when you have something like this so i will say a indian having 100% of his money in say nasdaq is it he is a highly diversified maybe for some reason but he is having at the same time taken a highly concentrated bet or putting all the money in a currency in a country in a very you know uh, sectors focused portfolio if he says no no i have invested in say snp 500 when you say okay you are invested in snp 500 great you are well diversified portfolio but unfortunately you have a highly concentrated portfolio all country risk and a single currency risk so it's very difficult to say what is diversification and what is concentration it is the fine balance which you have to create and you have to be mindful of when you create it so when you see we normally look at concentration and a diversification in a equity portfolio we only say okay i have a highly concentrated portfolio or a well diversified portfolio because you are looking at a very small piece of a portfolio mm-hmm. a typical portfolio if is a not even 5% of your portfolio if is a diversified or a concentration it will not make a difference as far as the correlation with your other investment is low so if i have a portfolio which is maybe a highly concentrated portfolio, but i have a five such portfolios each of them have a very low correlation actually i am a well diversified so it's in the portfolio so see investment is an art which you have to look at in total anything if you look at as a single piece it will not solve your problem interesting interesting sachin i think uh, on this note i think uh, you would want to ask some question i think you can reach it to ask on the performance bit Yeah, that is very core to you also. Please go ahead. Yes, yeah, so Bharat, I think uh, it's been a good discussion. We talk about the portfolio construct, asset allocation based on the goals. Uh, you also explained about the, you know, in terms of uh, the, the the aspirations and the and the goals how one would go about, uh, or even in terms of the concentration and a balanced allocation. But you know, after doing all of this, one would always like to evaluate the performance. 
so how does one actually evaluate this performance you know uh, for different asset classes should it be a different way of performing uh, and then i will come to a couple of more questions uh, related to that but uh, inherently does one have any particular way of uh, you know uh, evaluating the performance of different asset classes uh, yes very very important part of any portfolio construction and portfolio evaluation is the performance measurement system ultimately if you are creating a portfolio and if you are not measuring the performance then you are not doing justice to your portfolio you should be able to go through in depth portfolio attribution to understand from alpha where are you losing alpha at the same time most important problem and the most difficult part is to say whether i'm going to look at last one year return three year return five year return 10 year return 20 year return whether i'm going to look at a return of an asset class or i am going to look at the underlying portfolio or underlying securities performance so it's a it's it's a very difficult task and i say very simple if somebody is looking to invest for a next generation or third generation looking at last one year performance is not going to make any difference you can't look at one year performance and decide whether i remain invested or not see in a performance and in a portfolio construction what are you doing is that you bifurcate a portfolio into multiple assets when you bifurcate a portfolio in a multiple asset a multi every asset class will have its own cycle in that cycle you have to understand whether i am going to look at performance or not and i'll just give you very simple example of something where you need to look at very short performance and you have to look at something a very long performance example if you are looking at say arbitrage fund i'm just giving you as simple as possible as good as close to the liquidity when you are looking at a performance of an arbitrage fund what will you look at one month return two months return three months return six months return now your first of all in your portfolio construction you have decided that i am going to keep 5% of my money in cash the best risk adjusted return i can get in cash is say arbitrage fund so that's the first call you have taken from the portfolio construction point of view now you have to evaluate very simple that which arbitrage fund i should go on and i can tell you it's very difficult to actually go and evaluate which arbitrage fund is doing better first of all the difference between the multiple arbitrage fund is too small second important point is that i just can't look at one because if you suppose example you look at a performance on 15th of the day or 15th of the month you are in the middle of the expiry in a middle of the expiry whether the basis points are positive or negative for that month will actually will determine what is your performance rank between next last year so it is just impossible to look at one month two months three months return to do an any logical conclusion which arbitrage fund is better so i just to maybe uh, it's okay I, I i'll just tell you so when you look at arbitrage fund very simple what do you look at i tell my guys that okay when you bring to me an arbitrage you only give me expiry to expiry return for last 12 months i only want to see the nav of the arbitrage fund on the expiry day no other day because all other days irrelevant ultimately the guy has put in an arbitrage position on the end of the you know whenever is the series is started his performance for the next one month is locked in based on that blocking beyond that so end of the month i know exactly what kind of return is generated 
anything in the middle will not work so i tell my guys you when you bring to me arbitrage fund please show me only arbitrage fund which is expiry to expiry so it is important to understand what is the cycle of the fund at what frequency that cycle will work at what point of the cycle you can performance of the product so one day will be bad three months will be bad six months will be bad one year will be bad year so you have to look at a monthly performance month after month for last one two years to understand whether this guy is able to consistently create a right arbitrage opportunity and capture in his portfolio uh in terms of say and other asset classes like say equities right which is what i have been doing and generally i have this uh, challenge with some of my investors what is a good time frame because you know when we invest in equities one of the reasons the the, the best part of investing in equities is the game of compounding right as einstein said the eighth wonder of the world compounding and which is why we want to invest in equities now when we talk about compounding you need to definitely give a longer period of time but what is the good time frame for equities to you know to evaluate an equity portfolio performance Bharat, your audio is, I think, off. Bharat, your audio is off. Please turn it on. Yeah, I hope now audible, right? Yes. Yeah, great. Uh, yes, Sachin, I think uh, is very important part of our portfolio. and i think it's it's actually consume a very large portion of our portfolio and it is very important to give a right uh, you know measure in terms of performance attribution and performance analysis and it is very important and and it's 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 not an easy question to answer a guy it's depend on what is the goal for what purpose you have created this portfolio if you are extremely short in terms of your you know next goal or your approach you may prefer to do a last one year three year five year performance and if you are looking to do a very long term investment how does it make a difference that whether my equity has given me 2% return or whether it's given me a 20% return ultimately portfolio construction where i need to do and as i mentioned earlier ultimately you look at the performance only to measure within the asset class so first your allocation to equity is not depend on your equity performance so that day you start looking at your past performance and start making a decision for future you have first cross the red line mm. because everything is in cycle right gold once in a different cycle interest rate is a 5 to 7 year cycle equity is normally a 10 year cycle you know real estate in us is a 100 year cycle corona or uh, is a 100 year cycle so now we have no because of 200 years now you can say okay it is a cycle it takes almost a century to to come back so so it's all depend it's everything works in a cycle so it is important that you don't take a decision in terms of your asset allocation based on the past performance performance or a future performance or an expected performance is what should you drive your asset allocation up 
if my portfolio today fixed income is going to generate me a 4 to 5% irr return for next 1 5 to 10 years a great place to be my last 5 year performance in equity is very bad wherein my gdp is growing very well and it may be because my market was overpriced and now got reasonably priced that should not make a difference that my last 5 year performance in equity is bad so i should have under allocation to equity and higher allocation to debt it is the future expected return what drives your portfolio allocation every asset class or every asset has a inherent earning capability you have to evaluate the earning capability of the asset you have to evaluate at what stage of the cycle you are in that particular asset class with that evaluation you can actually figure it out what is your right asset allocation so i may prefer to invest in an asset class performing asset class of last 5 years mm-hmm. not because i am looking at last 5 year return and doing that asset allocation because i believe that next 5 year will make a difference here considering the assessment of cycle and the earning capability of the asset class every asset class has a value you can easily say what is the value of gold gold doesn't actually a pain even storage is a value cost is associated but it gives you a great diversification it gives you a value to preserve it is a store of value the day you start understanding that you also need to have a store of value you will start doing allocation to gold at the same time keeping a gold in your portfolio when there is no reason to create a store of value is going to be creating a big hole in your portfolio so if my fixed income which is my preservation portfolio is earning me 8 to 9% irr why the hell i will go and put a very large allocation to equity, uh, gold to give me any return even if gold going to give me a 20% return the risk reward is not in my favor but when globally interest rates are so low alternative to investment is so low diversification from equity there is no other alternative asset available which can give me a reasonable low correlation and a diversification gold comes out as a natural asset class of equity to preserve your value of money from inflation a, a asset class to preserve from the destabilization of currencies now that's the value what that asset class brings do you really want that value to be in your portfolio or not is what you decide and based on your assessment you decide whether this portfolio will be what allocation and how much allocation so every asset class has its underlying earning capability and value proposition you have to assess the value proposition of that asset understand at what stage of the cycle that particular asset class is what is your time horizon is your time horizon and asset class cycle is matching your requirement and if all those ticks are boxed take an asset allocation what proportion and what percentage allocation happens it will depend on your ability to understand what kind of risk you are able to take what kind of volatility you are able to understand and how are you going to position these multiple assets at a multiple stage of the cycle in your portfolio to generate a rebalance of the portfolio is also determined at what cycle you are in that particular right so varad i think uh what you explained is fantastic and particularly the example that you gave for gold is very very good but you know i uh, i understand exactly where you're coming from it's a, it's a great perspective but like a typical uh, stock market investor i want a tip so from that perspective what i am going to ask you is that when i come to you and if you recommend you know my portfolio to your investors 
after how many years of underperformance you will say that you know okay this is bad portfolio how much time will you give me to you know say that my equity portfolio is good or bad what is the time frame what is the performance time frame so basically sachin uh, you are asking the investor to be patient you are asking now bharat when is his patience going to run out yes in terms of a particular asset class or a particular uh, investment manager a uh, very good question bharat i think uh, i'd like to listen to that as well uh yeah definitely i think i think you guys are asking something which is uh you know very important at the same time very difficult to answer a question but yeah, of course uh see as i mentioned sachin it is uh, when i look at a portfolio first i am looking into a isolation that i or my clients have already decided to make an allocation to equity within the equity allocation which portfolio should be part of his allocation which should not be part of his asset allocation i always tell my team that performance part performance last one year return two year return three year return are one important part of the portfolio and a portfolio attribution which you do there are other 10000 things you have to look at into the portfolio before you make a decision whether this portfolio has run out of its time or it's going to underperform and outperform i think see as i mentioned investment is an art okay and every fund manager see i have managed money personally for 17 years as a as a manager of a money and i have gone through the cycle of underperformance and overperformance i have seen through the when you lost out or you were stop lost out for a month or a quarter and on those phases you know that it is nothing is guaranteed in this world and there will be phase of underperformance and outperformance and nothing is constant in this world one thing which is certain here is uncertainty so i i when i look at a portfolio and when i look at uh, any particular fund manager i think i give a a decent weightage to a past performance but that may not be the only criteria to decide whether that portfolio should be part of the asset allocation or not it's a multi fold uh, multi phase uh, or or i can say multi layer analysis it start from quantitative it goes into qualitative it goes into filtration it go what we call fitment what we also do is a complementary portfolio so there are multiple things as i mentioned earlier a diversified portfolio when you look at or a concentrated portfolio when you look at it may not be a good portfolio and maybe a part of a somebody's portfolio but if you look at three concentrated portfolio if they complement each other is actually giving a diversification and what will happen is that there is each of this portfolio will actually underperform in some phases but ultimately over a long period of time is giving him the diversification which may not be possible to get otherwise at the same time are we conscious of the fact that what things they are playing are they seasonal player are they player which are just going to perform in a particular cycle for a particular period of time and they are not will be able to withstand ever consistent in their portfolio return it will be very difficult to position that portfolio as a part of it so i i in nature sachin uh, quantitative and performance is one factor qualitative is another factor fitment is the third factor and fourth is ultimately whether it makes sense and whether the fund manager have a process whether the fund manager have a thought process and flow which will make him stand on right manager is going to go and throw his towel when the market is 20% down or the boy with the guy is ready to take the plunge and actually will add up and take a higher risk at a lower level 
is what will determine whether I want to do it. So I, when I do assessment, I think I spend 90% of my time on a qualitative factor and my team spend good amount of time on the quantitative factor. Well. Fantastic, Bharat. That's a, that's a very, very holistic and a very nice perspective. That's very helpful. Thank you. Uh, one more thing from my side. You know, uh, we all talk about, uh, the, as you mentioned, that the market is down 20% and you know, how does it work? Or even for a longer period of time, when like last five years, equities haven't delivered good returns. So, you know, patience is something what investors have to get onto the table, right? It's, it's all about the temperament, it's about the patience, it's about discipline. So, you know, how, I mean, how does an investor build that? And what is the role of an advisor also? It comes to, you know, because even the advisor will have to be patient and have the belief in the product, right? So, how does the investor create that patience or that temperament actually? Uh, I, uh, Sachin, I think, I think, in the all the five p this is the one of the very very important p and this p will only come if your other four p's are correct in case your any of the p is not at the place where it should be you will it will be very difficult for you to get the patience comes not because what investor think it is the state of mind which is what patience will work so even an advisor can lose his patience and actually may end up advising something wrong to the investor because he might have also lost the 50. A, a very debated or highly intense discussion between a client and an advisor which is associated with the underperformance may actually make investor and advisor both impatient. So it is, it is, see, First of all, patience is important part. I think it's well documented, everybody understands, everybody talks about it. But how do you really bring that patience in your portfolio is more important. If you can bring patience in your portfolio and your portfolio construction and in your mind, in the state in which you operate, at what point of time, what you are thinking, ultimately patience comes from the thought process. Looking positively, are you looking at negativity? Are you staring at your losses? Are you staring at an opportunity? Are you looking at last five-year performance at 5% negative IRR? Or are you looking at the fact that 10% GDP growth for last five years, after one year, 20% GDP growth, and then 10% GDP growth down the line? Is it a great time to buy? Because it is the... So, are you looking at staring? What are you reading? Are you reading a newspaper which contains everything related to pandemic, associated negative news and ultimate impact on the portfolio or are you looking at and reading at something which is more to do with the fact that how is going to ultimately impact, what is going to be long term and short term impact, you know broadly how much damages it will do in a long term period, ultimately you are investing for 5, 10, 20, 30 years. How does it make a difference what happens in next one year and two years? If tomorrow, market, very simple Vikas, I just come and tell you, Vikas, I have a confirmed tip, tomorrow market is going to tank 10%. Are you going to go and sell off all your equity? Definitely not. You will do it, right? It means no, that you're not, so I said maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. That's great. That's yeah. great to hear that. I'm just saying that it should not make a difference. So if you believe ah. that 
the probability see ultimately investment is a foresight right we don't do now we don't expect it returns if you see my market is overvalued and you believe the next one year two year return can be subdued ultimately it is the your expected return expected p and all are expected right nobody says that my stock bond yield anything is based on the past performance everything is on expectation so nothing is it is your ability to read the past and see what kind of expectation you have and what mindset you will have are you ready to say okay koi baat nahi last 20 years mein 20% CAGR aaya hai next 5 year ka mera return 3% se 20% kuch bhi ho sakta hai chalega you can manage that's it oh my god i now last 3 years return is 20% now it is time that market is going to correct i mean reading i yesterday also i read a article which says the market is going to correct 20% yesterday the guy was saying that market is overvalued at 33 times p what are you thinking what are you reading what is your mindset decide whether are you going to have a patience or not it's your mindset patience is your mind state of your mind patience is nothing more than a state of mind wonderful i think it's a very good perspective uh sachin if you have no further questions i think uh, should we go on to audience questions yes yes vikas definitely i am sure we need to give chance to audience yes okay in fact uh, uh i think i will acknowledge the fact that i took up nitesh vashni's question first because he said may i suggest to keep all other speakers on mute while one person is speaking i we took that question first and we did that i think that has helped thank you so much nitesh for your suggestion uh so bharat i am going to read out some questions which have come in and at my discretion uh, i might just you know skip a question even do i want to talk about it because you may have already answered it in spite of that if you want to answer that question please go ahead uh so i think the first question is from amit kishore and he says hello bharat bhai can you please distinguish between c and a of your pca framework very quickly uh yeah definitely uh, thank you for the question so when i say c and a uh, one i call is a core allocation and second thing second thing is called um, alpha generation so when you create a portfolio you try to create a core allocation the allocation which you want to carry a core allocation is something which is going to give you return over and above inflation and expected growth so a portfolio which can generate a consistent average or what you call risk adjusted return without giving too much volatility see i see volatility as i mentioned earlier is your your state of risk taking capability a 2% to 20% may be acceptable range for 6% to 15% may not be acceptable range for somebody so within your risk taking capability you allocate a large portion of your portfolio which is going to ultimately result in desire to own so if you desire to have or say 10% irr over a long period of time you need to know that what kind of a core allocation you need to make in equity what kind of a return capability that particular portfolio holds and what can generate so in nutshell when we say what to expect as your normal return from equity over a long period of time is very simply we say what is the corporate earning growth the corporate earning growth will be basically what is your nominal gdp growth plus some efficiency which the corporate is going to bring it so it may be few basis point or few percentage in your nominal gdp growth of the country in which they operate 
uh, uh, it is not going to be india gdp growth it's ultimately depend where that company operates in your overall nifty what kind of domestic sales you have what kind of international sales you have what kind of the gdp in each of those geographies going to have it based on the geographies what kind of returns you are going to generate in inr plus those corporates will be able to add more value because they will be able to grow better than those respective currency country in which they operate that gives you core earning plus what is given an alpha generation by those corporates the second line of alpha generation will come from the portfolio managers who is going to allocate money to you so when you look at core you decide to have an equity you need to understand what kind of a long term sustainable return i can expect from equity is this return sufficient for me to ultimately achieve my long term goal to achieve that long term goal what portion of my core allocation need to go into equity this is what become your core so interesting work you have to bring in to make sure that you make a right asset allocation in core for somebody fixed income may be a core allocation for somebody equity may be a core allocation or for somebody it may be actually a real estate become a core allocation it's all depend what he really desire from the money when i generation is basically saying that okay whatever it is ultimately i am investing money i am ready to take a risk it is that excess capital which you are ready to invest in an asset class which can provide you a disproportionate return compared to your core allocation is your alpha generation a asset class which can potentially give you maybe two to of your core allocation return at the same time maybe enhance you know taking maybe two three times risk compared to what potential loss you can incur in your core allocation is your alpha generation so the guys who go and invest in say startup the guys who goes and invest into something they are ready to take that excess risk in desire to generate alpha to their portfolio is alpha generation so are you going to invest 5% of your capital are you going to invest 10% is the wealth so large that you are ready to take even a 10% of capital and the entire 10% get wiped out is not going to make a difference you are not going to wake up 2 o'clock in the night and say what the hell happened if you are ready to take that kind of a risk you may actually go and end up investing that much of money in the alpha generation strategy similar to core alpha generation strategy for person to person for somebody investment in a small cap and a mid cap is an alpha generation strategy because he don't want to take a higher risk he is contained with a lower risk but he desire to generate extra return he picks up a asset class which is little more riskier it will have little more volatility it has a probability of losses and he is try to allocate a part of that money into the alpha generation strategy where was for somebody small cap and mid cap may be part of his core allocation startup seed capital uh, startup you know uh, what you call venture funding maybe a alpha generation strategy it's depend what are you really trying to create a portfolio a guy with a 5 crore net worth a 5 with a 50 crore net worth a 5 with a 5000 crore net worth entire portfolio construction will completely change if i go and tell a 5000 a net worth guy who's coming to me and investing and if i tell him a fixed income at 4% you know that guy most probably will kick me out of his office he will simply say bharat i called you this is a wealth for my next three generation 
I am looking to invest for 90 to 100 year time horizon. What the hell I will do with 4%? Interesting. Because marginal utility for marginal utility of money for that guy is zero. Mm. It is only state of mind. If he's extremely risk averse, he's extremely risk averse and don't want to take risk with this 5,000 crores. And he's in the state of the mind saying, boss, paisa bacha ke rakho, itna paisa to mere paan generation ke liye hai. He will become extreme risk averse and then he may look at large cap equity portfolio as an alpha generation strategy. Absolutely. Very interesting. Uh, in fact, uh, the next question, I think you've already answered, but uh, Velan, I'm just going to read out your question. I think Bharat has already answered this. Why portfolio is called, called the health uh, or the heart of wealth creation? Why portfolio has got so much of importance in terms of wealth creation? I think you've already answered that, Bharat. Uh, so if you, unless you have something more to add, I'll just move on to the next question. So ultimately, just one line uh, is that see, ultimately, if you don't have a portfolio concept, as I mentioned, it will be very difficult for you to really, uh, you know, achieve your goals in a in a manner which is best possible risk adjusted combination which you like to have. And that, that's a single liner which I like to have. Yeah. Wonderful. Because I would like to take a question which I was just reading the questions and mm -hmm. I found this very interesting and I would sure, want sure, to sure. put this. So uh, Sajjan Gupta is asking, uh, Bharat, this is to you, uh, what is wrong He's asked what is wrong with 100% equity allocation. So, you know, let's just put it, let's just put it, what is, what can be right slash what can be wrong with 100% equity allocation or for that matter, 100% to one asset class. Now, I think Bharat has already answered why not 100% to one asset class. I am just uh, saying that Bharat, if one has to put a gun to your head and say 100% uh, in equity, how, what are the points you'll find in favor of that? I think that's what he's trying to ask you. Right. Unable to hear you, Bharat. Sankalpo, unable to hear you also. Uh, um, I was just mute. I don't know what happened with Bharat. You know, uh, only Bharat can answer this question because... Yeah, I uh, think he's back. Both, he's back. both me yeah. and Sachin... We are yeah. overwhelmingly in favor of equity. So, you know, we can give you 20,000 different so, points. No, no. So, I would rather let Bharat answer that question. I, I hope I'm back and I'm audible. Yeah. Yes, yes, you are. So, so, nothing wrong. You don't need to really put a gun on my head to say, why why can't I have 100% allocation to equity? You can yeah. definitely have 100% allocation to equity. As far as you understand what kind of risk you are ready to take and what kind of return expectation you can have. And I think as far as you are aligned to that, and you are ready to basically live with it. And as I mentioned, with 100% equity allocation, there's nothing wrong. I, I always said a risk taking capability and asset allocation goes together. It is very difficult to tell me that 80, 20 is good or 100 and 100% is bad. I, I, my simple question is that with 100% asset allocation, are you ready to lose maybe a 10 or 20% of your wealth in a period of say next year or so? If you're ready to take those kind of 20, 30% markdown on your network, why can't you have 100% equity? As far as you're young, you don't have value of money. Your marginal utility of money is limited. You are still earning. You still have a long period in which you can again build the capital. 
and you still have that risk capability and there are no commitments of yours which require a defined cash flow and you have enough say protection you can take 100% there's nothing wrong I, I as i told you if somebody comes and say i want to make a 100% return over next two years i i say okay you can do it are you ready to lose your pants you are okay you welcome it's your market this market provides opportunity for everybody so the next question uh, is actually there are two people asking a similar question one is uh, ketan hemlani who says how should an ideal portfolio be especially in current times what sector should we target and uh, i also have a simultaneous question coming in from ritesh said which talks about sectors for next 4 to 5 years according to you which will perform well so what should one do in the current market and i think the corollary to that is what should do one in the current market looking at the future in my next 4 to 5 years over yeah uh, i think very appropriate question but for a platform uh, to answer that broadly see i as i as i mentioned and i will just try to uh, bring it for see ultimately you are looking at the cycle at what cycle you are decide which sector you want to pick up and what kind of a earning growth that particular sector can bring in will determine whether what kind of allocation you want to have uh whether you are looking at four five year allocation i think most of the mutual fund most of the aif pmss which we have a part of our portfolio including our own pms and aif uh see every fund manager does a allocation every fund manager try to create that kind of a sector allocation of the portfolio and as a wealth advisor i really believe that let it be done by a fund manager who is doing it okay if i want to really do a direct equity allocation to somebody i'll better i'll give it to my research guy who's reading the quarterly result each by day every time he's giving the next price target for a stock and then he's also looking at it as far as sector allocation is concerned and the sectors to be i think we have our model portfolio where we suggest some sectors which need to be overweight and some sectors where you need to do an allocation over and above the allocation done by the fund manager so typically when we do a portfolio or a model portfolio construction for our clients what we do is that we look at what kind of portfolio we are suggesting to the client and if we believe that there is some under allocation to some particular sectors bound up and that can be done by a sector fund or a sector or a stock we advise those customer to bring that in so idea here we want to in balance between diversification and concentration and if there is an under allocation to a particular sectors where we believe that there is going to be a four to five year as you rightly mentioned a sector where you want to be allocated you to do it at current junction which is your question after cutting all this story short at current junction i think you have to look at the sectors which are going to benefit from this entire uh, you know rebound in the economic activity the entire infrastructure spending which is globally happening the new bill which is coming the one which is going to generate a long term sustainable demand and the sectors which will help you to bring that demand is what is going to be beneficial the entire automation uh, entire spending which what they are doing in healthcare whether this healthcare price on the stocks actually justify or whether they can generate that kind of earning growth from this price and whether they are going to be pe rating all those factors need to be factored in before you do a sector allocation on this one end up buying the best i think we just lost him uh, singapore did we lose him or is he gone i think we've lost him again 
I think technology is something that has been bothering us too much today. Maybe we, we should have Bharti Airtel next time sponsoring us. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think we've taken a lot of interesting questions. And in fact, uh, I was about the next few questions. I was about to give him a rapid fire sort of uh, thing, you know, so that he could answer quickly. Some very interesting questions are coming in, and believe it or not, uh, despite some problem with the audio, we are already one or twenty minutes into the discussion, and it's really starting to become very interesting now. If the admin team could just uh, get in touch with Bharat to find out whether he has a problem uh, logging in. Sankarpur, till the time we get uh, Bharat back, mm. can you can you just talk talk to the audience about what PMS AI World does? Of you course, know, with why pleasure. Is it, why, is it, why is it the most preferred platform nowadays? Of course, with pleasure, and that's something that I've worked very passionately about. So you know, uh, the audience is already somewhat of an aware audience because I see some very interesting questions that have come up, and you know, when I ask them on the poll that how much of they feel is there. Uh, you know, their portfolio is personalized or how they know the intent of the portfolio. A lot of them said yes. So I think that is what our work is. Okay. Probably whoever is investing a considerable sum of money in the stock markets or any other investment asset class per se, uh, financialized asset class, I think, you know, uh, we have been trying to bridge the gap between the manufacturer or the fund manager and the investor. And, you know, uh, we've been doing a lot of good work where they actually come to know what is the structure of these portfolios, what they what they should look at. And I think Bharat is back and we will get to him to answer the next few questions. Bharat, are you able to hear us now? I'm sorry, guys. I hope I'm back. Yeah, yeah, you're back, Bharat. We can't see you, but we can hear you. Now we can I hope see I'm you back. Well. Yes, 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 you're back, you're back. So, Bharat, you know, uh, I think your discussion is spawning off a lot of questions. Am I audible? So, and yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You are audible. Can you hear me? Can everybody hear me? Yeah, yeah. We can hear you. We can hear you, Vikas. I'm Bharat, audible. if you can hear me. Yeah, yeah, you're audible. Bharat, if you can I'm hear me. I'm able to hear you, Vikas. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's tricky. Okay. Bharat, can uh, you hear me? Can you hear any one of us? I think. Okay, uh, we'll just wait for a minute more. Otherwise, I think uh, because some of the questions which are coming in are really, really interesting. I've got a question on bitcoins. I've got a question on ETFs. So some of them are really, really interesting questions coming. In. I hope uh, Bharat can hear me now. Okay, I can see his frame there. Uh, I, I've got a question on uh, business cycles. Sorry, asset plus cycles. This is really interesting. I don't know whether Bharat will be able to do justice to this in a rapid fire format. Uh, you know. Uh, so what we Sachin, know about this let Yeah, Sachin, there is a question which I think we were we've been discussing quite often that uh, time to sell. Everybody talks about time to buy, but time to sell. Very very interesting. Uh, Bharat, would you, are you able to hear me now? Yeah, I'm back. I, okay. I, I, now I can hear. Sorry, guys. I, I think this James no, no. has really caught me. Normally not the case, but 
No problem. Because PMSAI fund is now going to send you a request to see if you can put in a word to Bharti Airtel to sponsor our next conference. I think that will be like the proper matter. <laughs> anyway, Sorry. Uh, so, but uh, what I'm going to request you to do is we are already one hour 24 minutes into this, and I think this has been one of the most interesting ones uh, so far. There are a lot of interesting questions coming in, and this is going to be a rapid fire round. I will ask you to give me answers maybe in 30 seconds or less, maybe yes or no or whatever, right? Otherwise, we will not be able to take these questions. Okay, fine. Uh, there is uh, uh, Kumar Swami's CV who says that if the portfolio delivers equal return of benchmark or less, can an investor switch to an ETF? What is your take on this? If I if I can alter this question and ask you, ETF or active management, what should be the way going forward? If you're looking for a relative performance, I think uh, benchmark. But if you're looking for a alpha uh, for a portfolio uh, value addition, then active. If you're just looking to beat the benchmark, I think I'll prefer that you go for a benchmark. Okay, so Mr. Kumar Swami, I think what uh, Bharat is trying to say that if you want to buy the market, go for an ETF. If you want to beat the market, uh, you know you should go to uh, maybe an actively managed fund. Uh, Narendra Khadse asked me a question. Asked us a question. Does this mean that a company or advisor who has a good database on different asset currency cycles, uh, classes cycles, will be the winner for your clients? Your comments. In effect, I think he's talking about the fact that uh, uh, how often do advisors catch cycles? Do they have enough of knowledge at their end, databases at their end to catch cycles? Is, is, it, is it something which is very important to your portfolio construction? Yeah, it's actually the, ultimately the process which the investment advisors follow for portfolio construction is what is important. Uh, and I think uh, there's enough data available. Data is not an issue. It's your ability to read the data and understand what is the cycle and where are you in the cycle. Very interesting. Sudhir Vora asks, should Bitcoin cryptocurrencies be a part of one's portfolio? If yes, what percentage should one invest? Uh, I'm sorry. I always talk about Bitcoins. Uh, it's a great uh, thing. But uh, fortunately, I only say I don't invest in anything which I don't understand. And hence, uh, sorry, but I, I just don't invest and nor advise to invest something which I don't understand. And with humbly, I'm accepting I don't understand. Uh, I mean, that is as honest an answer as it can be. Uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, I'll move to the next question. This is by Harsh Kadam. And I was just talking to Sachin in your absence. This is a question we often discuss. Many a times people, you know, know when to buy, but they fail to identify the time to sell off. How can we improve our selling ability? Is ultimately the same thing. When you keep on monitoring your portfolio, your cycles, in which part of the cycle you are, which whether the company which you have bought is at the bottom of the cycle or the peak of the cycle, and whether it is richly valued and all, I think ultimately your ability to understand the cycle will decide when to buy and sell. And it's very difficult to pinpoint at what kind, point of time you can just exit. So I think your ability to continuously evaluate the company and understand the potential earning, expected earning growth, and what really market is able to digest in terms of the growth is what will decide. So I, I think it's a it's a continuous evaluation and uh, I for a detail will decide and help you in terms of uh, taking a call. In fact, uh, Harsh, I'd like to supplement Bharat's answer by saying that you know there are a lot of books which have been written on uh, how to buy a stock. But I think this is the holy grail uh, in terms of identifying when to sell and as much data, as much information as you can get from uh, from you know, uh, people like Bharat, I think that will help you improve uh, your intuitive ability to look at it. But always consult an advisor. And if your advisor is somebody like Bharat, 
on his team i think you are in safe hands uh, shrinivasan shrinivasan vasudevan asked is core similar to